Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Food banks and community support services around Aotearoa are under the pump as the impact of, COVID, of the COVID-19 pandemic and a cost of living crisis are felt by more and more New Zealanders. According to the ODT, major food banks in Dunedin have all reported an increase in demands for their services. Now, with the first instalment of the government's cost of living payments having been received by more than 2 million New Zealanders, the question remains, has this burden shown any sign of easing? Joining me now on the phone to discuss this is Carmen Batchelor, Director of Family Works at Presbyterian Support Otago. Kia ora, Carmen. Thank you for joining us. Kia ora. Thank you. Firstly, can you uh, outline what kind of support Presbyterian Support can offer people, just to give an idea of the scope of your work? Sure. So we work across the lifespan. Obviously, the things that we're well known for is our food bank um, here in Dunedin. We also have social work support, which includes advocacy around housing, um, ensuring that people have plans in place to support them and their families. We also have a financial mentoring service, um, which is supporting people with short-term and long-term financial crises and um, budget support um, and advice. We also do microfinance, which is good for ethical, affordable lending loans for essential items. And we also run a youth development, alternative education, youth mental health with our Youth Grow program and also at Stepping Stones, which is a supportive community for adults with longer, ter- you know, experiencing longer-term mental health challenges. So it very much is a wraparound across, across the lifespan from little E's right through to older people. Right. And has Presbyterian Support seen this increased demand for food bank and other support services um, with the cost of living crisis? And what does this look like materially? What's the support that you're seeing people need? Yes, um, a huge increase. So just in the last 12 months, um, we've had an unprecedented um, increase in food support. So just to kind of give you a bit of a context for that, probably um, you know about eight, nine months ago, we were averaging about 63 food parcels a week. It's now between 120 and 130. We've also had a 231% increase in crisis financial mentoring budget advice sessions just in this last financial year. COVID has just added another layer to that in terms of people struggling with basic um, living costs and inadequate income. So whether that's through uh, benefit or um, low income in terms of part-time working or full-time working. And Presbyterian Support is a charitable trust. You're not a government entity. What are the limitations of the support you can offer? Are those limits being pushed? Absolutely. So if you, you know, use food as an example, the, the whole point of, um, you know, the food banks and, and where it all got kind of started 30 odd years ago was that back then it was about, you know, food for an emergency situation. So you might have had an unexpected cost like a car bill, you know, we can help you with food for the week. Um, it was never meant to be seen as a long term kind of fix. But now what we're seeing continuously and particularly since COVID is people simply do not have enough money to live. And so now they, they need that um, food support. But also the other big impact that we're seeing is the increasing cost of food prices, petrol prices, electricity um, costs as well. So we're seeing a huge upsurge in people actually accessing. We have a, access to a um, Dunedin Electricity Fund and people's power bills are kind of averaging anywhere between 450 and 550. So again, um, huge pressure on actually making sure that we're getting that support to people. Um, but you know, it's yeah, as you said, we're a charity, so we rely significantly on donations and grants. 
and, and some government funding um, for some of our other core services like social work um, and financial mentoring. Mm. Now, the first instalment of the cost of living payment was made last week to over mm-hmm. 2 million New Zealanders, um, those earning less than 70000 a year who don't already receive uh, a benefit or the winter energy payment, um, around yep. $116 deposited into their bank accounts, the first of three payments. It's only been a week, but have you seen this making a substantial difference for people? Um, not at all. Really, it's a drop in the bucket, you know, when you think about, you know, the fact that food prices are up 7.9% just in this last 12 months. People are struggling to keep warm um, because the power costs are off the charts and petrol, you know, is, is horrendous as well. Really, it's it's very much um, a drop in the ocean, you know, so you've got an extra $116 to maybe put a bit of um, you know, a bit more food, buy a bit more food, get a bit more petrol in the car, but it's not the long-term solution. The long-term solution is actually addressing, you know, the recommendations out of Welfare Expert Advisory Group, like raising the accommodation supplement for housing costs, you know, re-looking at the student loan threshold repayments, you know, uh, they're, you know, currently 12% if you're on, you know, earning more than 21k a year, which we know is really low, um, so there needs to be a long-term commitment and sustainable fix for people that are financially struggling, which is a lot of, you know, New Zealand. And I think about students specifically and the income thresholds for under-25s, you know. It's really antiquated to be relying on parental income, um, you know, that's been in place for 30-odd years. And so, you know, make it, actually addressing real long-term policy solutions that will make a difference, not just a, here's $116, you know over the next three months. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.